Hello, hello. I'm Sarah. And I'm Joanna. And we are your therapists next door. Join us as we demystify therapy and destigmatize mental health. Every episode, we interview a healthcare professional or a helper. It's sometimes serious, sometimes sad, most times ridiculous. This week, we welcome Sarah DeGeorge, who is a digital marketing specialist. Welcome everyone to Therapist Next Door, the podcast that shows you the human side of your friendly neighborhood healthcare worker or helper. We do this by interviewing someone in a helping profession, asking questions that you want the answers to, and answering questions you didn't know you had. I'm Joanna, a board-certified music therapist and a licensed professional counselor in the state of Pennsylvania. I'm a white, straight, cisgendered female, and my pronouns are she, hers, and I need to stop watching Facebook videos of dog rescues. That was about 40 minutes of my morning this morning. You're not the first person who's told me they get sucked into those. And yes, stop. <laughs> stop. And I'm Sarah, an LPC from Pennsylvania, transplant from South Jersey. I am a cishet white woman. My pronouns are she, her. And I used spray paint for the first time yesterday. Ooh, what were you spray painting? Uh, Five-gallon buckets. <laughs> <laughs> so I like had those buckets I was using for compound compost and I uh, am repurposing them for a second time and spray painted them green because I'm going to plant vegetables in them. Oh, so before my neighbor who I share a backyard with got home, I spray painted them all in the yard because I didn't, I don't <laughs> like when people watch me do things that I don't know how to do, <laughs> you totally um, understand which I think that. is, I think no one has ever felt that way. I think I'm the only one to ever feel that. So no, then I don't understand it. Yeah, you don't understand. I don't understand anything. So, but thank you for empathizing. <laughs> it's my default. Oh, I understand. Oh, I get it. Oh, yeah, I get it. But um, I actually am empathetic. It made me sound like I just <laughs> say. So for, I the, for listeners that are new, Joanna has a real problem with empathy. <laughs> we actually started the show to out her um, about that and really kind of as an intervention. But I wonder if those dog videos, <laughs> abrupt change. <laughs> are I, I think their point is to like elicit you know kind of like a fear stress response in us and then pull us in with the rescue like I, I think oh. that they are very oh yeah curated yeah, yeah, yeah. and Facebook knows because Facebook sees that mm-hmm. I I stop and watch them uh I I yeah they start off with a dog in peril and then you slowly mm. see it get better so it always the dog always gets better but yeah sure but now we know that that dog was in that condition which is always good to know you know when living things are in bad conditions yeah. but yeah I, not every dog has a success story i know so. i know it makes me want to like when i retire just foster as many dogs as i can um or before i, I retire like nice yeah <laughs> Yeah, you could also like, like, want to cuddle my that. dog too. Um, yeah, do that at, in this of your life. But every time I see, I would see videos on Reddit of people like bringing in, like really like, like decrepit looking kittens from oh. the street, and then like nursing them back to health. I was just like, "Fuck you! This is 
this is not happening all the time. You are clearly, yeah, I mean, this is your full-time job. I don't know. Can you ma- I don't know. I can't imagine, like, taking the time, the upwards towards an hour to, like, sit outside and trap a cat. But I also, like, I don't know. We're, we're busy people. If I do see a dog running around, I will stop for it. Um, <laughs> there was one time I was driving home. I was in Fairmount, um, which is, like, a pretty highly populated area of Philly. And, uh, I saw these two dogs running around and I was like, this is my time. Here we go. (laughs) Found a parking spot, uh, at like 5 PM. I think it was like semi-illegal, but I was like, I'm saving dogs. So, and my plan was like to get these huge dogs into my car and bring them home, I guess. Um, but they had run, there's like a set of stairs that goes over the uh, train tracks, I believe. Um, Mm. And they had run all the way up to the top of the stairs. It was two dogs. I think one was like a pit bull and one was like a bigger, some sort of bigger dog. And uh, they had run up to the steps. I'm like just from work. So I'm like in my work clothes running after these dogs. And uh, I felt like a superhero because I like bent down on like I I crouched down and I got them to come down the stairs to me because they were like running away. and then like after a while there was like a like a bunch of people running after these dogs <laughs> but um but then we eventually found the person that they belonged to they had escaped and uh and yeah but I felt so powerful I was like come to me dogs you know like Thank almost you. kneeling on the ground and they came it was amazing. That intersection is scary. Buses go through there. People yeah. don't stop at that stop sign. It's. I, I lived a couple blocks from there for a few years. I do believe I got a text that day also. Rescue yeah. dog near your apartment today. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Felt like a superhero near your apartment. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like dog whispering. It felt so bad. I, yeah. I thought you were heroic enough for going near those steps because every time I'd see them be all rusty and then they would just get painted over. I was like, I know, I know you're. Not I didn't go. I didn't go up them. them. I just, I just did go near them. Yeah. Mm. Um, but that's yeah. my dog rescue story. That's I a nice rescued story. My I, like own that. Dog, but I haven't yeah. rescued. I didn't physically rescue our cats. <laughs> they are just. We went to pause, and we got them. That's rescuing. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Anyway. We bought them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. So I had one of those things this morning where, like, my alarm went off during a bad dream. Oh, and I'm no. still. Isn't that so annoying? Like, you're supposed to have, like, REM and dream sleep at a certain cycle. Yes, you can go in and are. out of it. But not, not right when you, like, having your alarm pull you out of a stressful dream is, uh, it is still sticking with me three hours later i'm sorry so, i yeah, empathize I with you i, I struggle <laughs> what <laughs> i empathize with you i understand You're i really a good do. actress <laughs> uh yeah oh my gosh um, anyway how are your floors full of cat hair tumbleweeds tumbleweeds <laughs> Yeah. I mean, when we buy a home, we're going to have at least some carpeting. Uh, oh, I, apartment floors buy, are full of tumbleweeds. Do not <laughs> buy a, a, a house that has dark flooring. Oh, yeah, no. Because that's what my house has. Yeah. Heck yeah. There's tumbleweeds. Nope, ours is vinyl, baby, I think. Okay. Floors are clean. I don't have any <laughs> corrections because I never remember. Um, 
I don't think I have any corrections. How about you? Yeah. Mm. My floors are full of dog hair, tumbleweeds of dog hair. Um, It's disgusting. Yep. Uh, Yeah, Mm. we had we had the uh, what is it called? The Roomba going didn't do a great job. Kind of kind of upset at the Roomba. We named the Roomba Douglas hair. Um, I don't know. We thought that was a fun like Douglas. No, just Douglas. We thought it was like a fancy name, and then like that would be mm-hmm. fun to give a robot that cleans the floor. So I just want to like <laughs> pause it right here that if we had a Roomba R one R one, our forest cat would assassinate it. Like it would find a way to get into its inner workings and just make sure it doesn't continue breathing. <laughs> I think he'd feel he'd feel like emasculated, and he'd want to attack it. Um, yeah, yeah, so don't buy me a Roomba. Okay, noted. Check that off okay. my list. Pumpkin doesn't pumpkin doesn't like the Roomba, but then like doesn't watch it. So the Roomba has run into her a couple times. <laughs> and when it runs into you, it's not like very hard. But um, yeah. but she <laughs> really freaks. One time I, I was laughing and pointing at the ground, like pumpkin, look, it's coming towards you. And she just is looking up at me like, I love you. <laughs> I love you too. I love thank you for talking to me. I love you too so much. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, so I don't I have physically dirty floors, but podcastily not dirty floors. As far as we know. Yeah. As far as we know. Yeah. All right. Well stay tuned after the break for a history lesson. Nice. And now it's time for our lesson. The lesson is compiled facts describing history and or current events, good and bad, in order to give context for the field our interviewee works in. Our sources for today include The History and Evolution of Digital Marketing by Avankita Mahampa and Holistic Marketing and How to Achieve It by Juliana Mejia. Everything Also, Everything You Need to Know About Holistic Marketing by Rashida Jane. Trigger warning today, none. Enjoy. Ooh. First, we're going to start with digital marketing and holistic marketing, what their definitions are. Digital marketing, digital marketing is the promotion of products over the internet or any form of electronic media. According to the Digital Marketing Institute, quote, digital marketing is the use of digital channels to promote or market products and services in tar- to targeted consumers and businesses, end quote. In a world where 170 million people use social media on a regular basis, every working professional is expected to be at least a little familiar with digital marketing. So if you are like me a year ago and that made you tense up, that, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> so that's okay. We're with you. Um, people are consuming digital content on a daily basis. It can be predicted that very soon traditional marketing platforms will disappear and the digital market will completely take over. So Joanna, that history lesson we did on um, copywriting and mm. the the gossamer, the gossamer, <laughs> the gossamer advertisement that that will be um, that will be gone All soon. All digital. 
Yes, there will be. Uh, there are a number of advantages to digital marketing, including its affordability, which I love. You can also reach a larger audience in a shorter period of time. Technological advances have resulted in considerable decrease in the customer base of traditional marketing agencies and departments. So Don Draper will not have a job soon. Oh man, people. Oh. He's had a rough. People have moved on to tablets, phones, computer, and computers, which are the areas where digital marketers have gained the most ground. I will. This is a confession I have to make that I have followed some dog rescues now on Facebook because I enjoy their dog rescue videos. So their marketing is working for me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, only one. I've only followed one. Anyway, today. <laughs> Uh, one one in general. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Holistic marketing refers to a marketing strategy that considers the whole of a business and all the different marketing channels as a system. Under this strategy, a business with different departments comes together in synergy in pursuit of a conscious mission, great customer experience, a positive brand image. The holistic marketing concept is based on the philosophy of holism, which can be summarized with a single thought of Aristotle's which is the whole is more than the sum of its parts. Coca-Cola is the best example of holistic marketing. They drafted their entire plan of marketing on one goal, happiness. They did not just market their product, but they marketed happiness, adding taste of feeling with that brand. They showcased in a way, whenever you're happy, have a Coke. It resulted in the massive growth of the company since then. History of digital marketing. The term digital marketing was first used in the 1990s. The digital age took off with the coming of the internet and the development of Web 1.0 platform. The Web 1.0 platform allowed users to find the information they wanted, but did not allow them to share this information over the web. Up until then, marketers worldwide were still unsure of the digital platform. They were not sure if their strategies would work since the internet had not yet seen widespread use. In 1993, the first clickable banner went live, after which Mm. Hotwired purchased a few banner ads for their advertising. This marked the beginning of the transition into the digital era of marketing. Because of this gradual shift, the year 1994 saw new technologies enter the digital marketplace. The very same year, Yahoo was launched. So here I am cruising seven years old and Yahoo is becoming a thing. That's really hard to think about. Yeah. And Joanna's probably so three years old ish. What? Four. Uh, four yeah. years old. I mean, this is all happening. This is all growing with us. Yeah. Just going to leave that there to, to grow and fester. Also known as Jerry's Guide to the World Wide Web, after its founder Jerry Yang, Yahoo received close to 1 million hits within the first year. This prompted wholesale changes in the digital marketing space, with companies optimizing their websites to pull in higher search engine rankings. In 1996, 1996 saw the more search engines and tools like Hotbot, LookSmart, and Alexa. I did not see Alta Vista or Ask Jeeves on this list, but oh, I'm man. assuming it was in that in that. I thought, I thought Ask Jeeves was like, like a cheat code to the world, uh, but then I realized it wasn't. Cheat code to what? Just the world, you know, just like uh, maybe I could ask Jews anything and I'll find out. Uh, 1998 <laughs> saw the birth of Google. Microsoft launched the MSN search engine and Yahoo brought to the market Yahoo Web Search. Two years later, 
in 2000, the internet bubble <laughs> burst and all the smaller search engines were either left behind or wiped out, leaving more space for the giants in the business. The digital marketing world saw its first steep surge in 2006 when search engine traffic was reported to have grown to about 6.4 billion in a single month. Woo! I mean, I mean, like, look at that. So we're talking, what was this? When was, when did Yahoo come out? So 1994. 1994. So then six, uh, okay. So like 12 years later, we go from 1 million a year to 6.4 billion in a month. It's disgusting. I mean, it's awesome. Not, not one to get left behind. Microsoft put MSN on the back burner and launched live search to compete with Google and Yahoo. And they're doing a great job. Yeah. Then came Web 2.0, where people became more active participants rather than remain passive users. Web 2.0 allowed users to interact with other users and businesses. Labels like Super Information Highway began to be applied to the internet. As a result, information volume information flow volumes, including channels utilized by digital marketers, saw huge increases. And by 2004, internet and marketing in the U.S. alone brought in about $2.9 billion. Whoa. Billion with a B. Soon, social networking sites began to emerge. MySpace was the first social net networking site to arrive, soon followed by Facebook. Many companies realized all these fresh new sites that were popping up were beginning to open new doors of opportunities to market their products and brands. It opened fresh avenues for companies and signaled the beginning of a new chapter for business. With new resources, they needed new approaches to promote their brands and capitalize on the social networking platform. The cookie, not the scrumptious kind, was another important milestone in the digital marketing industry and advertisers has begun to look for other ways to capitalize on the growing technology. One such technique was to track common browsing habits and usage patterns of frequent users of the internet so as to tailor promotions and marketing collateral to their tastes. The first cookie was designed to record user habits. The use of the cookie has changed over the years and cookies today are coded to offer marketers a variety of ways to collect literal user data. The digital market is in a constant state of flux. A digital marketing professional must find ways to keep up with this change. They need to be able to keep an eye out for emerging trends and, de and the development of newer and smarter search engine algorithms. Seemingly, nobody can afford to get left behind in this race. Sensing an opportunity, Google began to expand, introducing such products as AdWords, which are three-line ads that show up at the top or to the right of a search engine results, and AdSense, which is a cost-per-click advertising scheme. In time, Google realized the value of analyzing the content they received and then target ads based on the interests of the users and thus became a major player in the world of business. Bum, bum. Bum, bum. Yeah, those cookies are working on me. Man. Cookies work on you as, as like they're supposed to. And yeah, AdSense. <laughs> mm-hmm cookies I, yeah if you don't understand what some of these things are just look up any recipe on the internet <laughs> and then allow yourself to be pulled in just click uh irresponsibly and allow yourself to get pulled into uh whatever the internet wants you to see mm -hmm. and then don't thank me about that which is like right. dog videos yep and also like pregnancy products mm -hmm. i'll like look it up on safari not on facebook to just like you know 
stake my claim that no i'm not clicking on your ad but facebook knows anyway so anyway i mean you know i've texted my husband about things and then 10 minutes later i've seen an ad for it it's (laughs) yeah we'll get into it i'm excited to learn more and not be intimidated by it (laughs) we'll stay tuned after the break as we start our interview for this week Welcome back. Sarah is a digital marketing specialist who works in paid and organic marketing, public relations and social media marketing and management to help small businesses find their authentic voice for their audience through a holistic marketing approach. When Sarah is not working on digital marketing strategy, you will find her on a walk at a local park, reading or working in animal rescue and rehabilitation. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I'm sorry, I kind of sounded like intimidating. There. No, um, you're fine. I liked it. Actually, it was very uh, like ASMR. Ooh, like, okay. Hey, Sarah, it was like that nice, <laughs> like, you get that little tickle in the back of your neck. <laughs> I think I was just really Joanna excited. does have a calming, yes. she does have a calming timbre. Absolutely. You both do. You both do. Yeah. Well, that's, oh, that's very nice. I used to help so people. Sarah, to I love so. saying my own name. I love it so much. <laughs> I've always loved it. <laughs> Sarah with an H, which is how you spell the name correctly. Tell us <laughs> a little bit about your work. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you, you said it perfectly. I am a digital marketing specialist. I work primarily with small to mid-sized businesses. I like being very um, connected to the individual Not that there's anything wrong with, you know, working with corporate clients, you just, there's a lot more people that you work with. So there isn't a lot of one-on-one to really dive into the company's mission, values, why, and connect that to a marketing strategy that's really sustainable, authentic, and really covers the business itself, which is why I focus on that sector. I don't necessarily have a niche in terms of like the clients I work with. I work with a whole bunch of different um, industries, but that's where I kind of focus in on, which also ties into the, I can talk about it, but my whole background, my dad was an entrepreneur. He worked with in a family business and all that. So I've kind of been around the entrepreneurial lifestyle my whole life. Whereas other people I know, they like, like my significant other, his family is very, you know, nine to five. So they're in like another realm. So it's interesting to see like the differences between um, families and how they grow up and everything like that to see like what they do and so on and so forth. So it's kind of interesting. I don't know if that aside is any help, but (laughs) no, that's, I mean, I think we're also like, when we talk to therapists and Sarah and myself, we've gone into our own businesses. So it is like a huge switch to go from nine to five mm-hmm. to like whatever you want your hours to be, um, which is great. Um, yes. But also sometimes you get shade from people like, oh, you're still sleeping. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But then you don't know that, you know, I'm up at like this time in the morning or I'm staying up until, you know, you're making up for those hours somewhere. So mm-hmm. That's why I'm like, yeah, I'm still sleeping today, but I'm going to be doing something later on or somewhere tomorrow. I, at first, it would probably 
make me feel bad. But I think since I've been doing it for so many years now, I kind of just know what the response is to that. So it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I, lo- I love having like an elevator pitch to certain responses that I know are meant to be, you know, a little judgmental, even if their person's intention is to just kind of get more information and ask questions, it certainly comes off with a little bit of a presumed knowledge. So I love a good elevator pitch. So you you said you've worked with all sorts of folks. Do you have any kind of client that has just been surprisingly enjoyable or you were excited about the stuff you were able to learn from them? So this is one, not necessarily, I'm not going to say not enjoyable. I love the client, like um, very nice people. And it wasn't that it, it was just something that was so unsexy in the world of marketing, but I learned so much. This was probably the client where I learned the most. It was pest control marketing. So the good thing about pest control marketing is, is that usually when somebody is searching on any search platform for pest control needs, they're usually already past. If we're talking about like the buyer's journey, they're not really in the, they're aware. They're not in the awareness stage anymore. They're like in need of consideration and decision very fast because they have millipedes walking all over their apartment or they found the (laughs) raccoon like munching on some insulation in their attic. So it's really interesting to see how different industries have, you know, whether you're just kind of like moseying around, like looking for a hotel in the areas, like kind of like, well, let me see which one is the best. Maybe I'll wait and see if the price goes up. No, pest control. It's like, I need this problem solved right away. And so it was just really interesting that I found it to be oddly enjoyable. The funny thing is, and this ties into my animal rescue and rehabilitation. Yeah, I really want to talk about that. (laughs) Is that I would always plug in these like nice things about pests. Like you would know when I wrote the copy for like a business's opossum page because (laughs) I am like, opossums are really great and like if you know as much as we realize that you know they seem like a pest they eat ticks and like they're really good for like and they're like Sarah like this really isn't selling like what we're trying to do I'm like I love (laughs) opossums or like raccoons otherwise known as like trash bandits or trash pandas or anything like that they'd be like Sarah what are you doing I'm like just giving it a little pizzazz mm-hmm. so at least they were kind about it um but yes yeah, so that we would always find like some sort of spin on it because I'm like I don't want to kill any creature so like can we do this nicely please <laughs> but um it was a good learning experience nonetheless on both like the paid end like paid advertising google ads and bing advertising for those who used it and then also search engine optimization and stuff like that were you're really wordsmithing the landing pages to make them relevant and make people say, I want to use this pest control person. So. Yeah. That, that's like personally hit home for me because I definitely have been on those searches like, Oh, you know, um, freaking out. But um, can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit more about search engine optimization and like what you do with that? How you, yeah. yeah SEO as some of us might know. 
So I have a quick little anecdotal story about this because Great. it's really funny. So when I first was like in high school, college, looking for like opportunities to build out my resume, I had found this random job posting. And this is when SEO was still like, like it was there, but it was in like the early annals of SEO. And there wasn't really much discussed on it. And this guy, um, I applied for his internship and he was like, oh, can you write like an article about what SEO is? And like, there wasn't really anything like truly concrete about it the way it is now. So I wrote this article and it was basically like search engine optimization is the optimization of search engines. <laughs> Cause I was like, I don't know how else to describe this. And he was like, you're never going to make it in the end is weird because it was an internship. So I was like, wasn't I supposed to learn? Like, I was really confused by it. And now it's funny because like I, I work so deeply in search engine optimization and, you know, it's become a lot more clear with all of the algorithms of Google, blah, 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 that um, like what it is and how it's changed over the years. So that's just a little anecdotal story. So it makes me feel kind of good when I work on a project and I get like the outcomes I was looking for that, you know, that person, I was like, well, I made it. It was like the Panic at the Disco song or whatever. The, hey, look, Ma, I made it. But like, not Ma, just whoever, just insert that person's name. I actually don't even remember, but I remember the story. Um, anyways, on to search engine optimization. So like search engine optimization is really like, there are so many different components to it, but it's basically making your website, landing page, so on and so forth, um, searchable for, you know, I'm going to say crawlable and I can get into like what crawling means, but like just be so that search engines can find your website and it's connecting to exactly what somebody in, you know, is searching for on the search engine. So, you know, think of what types of, what types of phrases would somebody be looking for if they were looking up like your businesses? Would it be something local? Like, um, your loan and then insert your industry. Is it a specific type of service you offer for, you know, a specific type of situation? So for me, it would be small business, digital marketing in Philadelphia. That's just like a starting point. And then what other value can I add on my website to make somebody say, I want to work with Sarah versus somebody else? Is it the way I approach things, is it the offerings, you know, are they specifically looking for a certain type of way in which I work or a specific type of service I offer? And like, what's the keyword that would drive somebody to look there? And also search engine optimization isn't just the words, it's also um, how your website loads. So is your website loading in a normal amount of time? We're very impatient these days. You can't take 10 minutes to load or 10 minutes, 10 seconds, even to load a website anymore. It needs to load quickly. It needs to have relevant information. And then also other types of considerations like accessibility. Can somebody who maybe needs a screen reader be able to still gather information from your website? Um, in a way that can help them make a decision. So there's a lot of different components in search engine optimization. I could spend hours speaking about it, but basically it's just, are, is your website providing the relevant information that Google believes is solving somebody's search query? So, and that's, that's like incredible. the read <laughs> version of it. So, Well, if we, you know, we have a lot of therapists or 
I mean, therapy clients also listening to this. So it, I mean, like what a wealth of knowledge that that's going to be for them. Um, so a comment and then a question. So some recent, I've just been trying to do some like DIY SEO, which is not totally intimidating, but you know, it's kind of like just part of the gig if you're doing DIY. And most recently I updated my 404 error page to lead back to my website. Are there any other kind of like surprising, surprising things like that, that maybe most people wouldn't think about on their website that is going to be helpful, but has to do with SEO? It's a hard question. No, it's not. I can think of something good. immediately when you said it. Oh, so good. Do you have like anybody that has say personal pictures of you doing something on your website or your office or something about you, even like your headshot. A lot of people forget to put alt text on their um, photos. And alt text basically is if your photo doesn't load, like what, it, what is the photo describing? Google can't read photos. They don't know what the photo is. They just know it exists. But alt text, um, you know, allows basically screen readers people that would need, you know, anybody um, to be able to read a photo. And also it allows Google to read a photo. So um, I'm going to think, I'm just going to utilize myself. So if I had a picture of, like, I have my headshot, for example, and it's like me, I'm sitting in front of a few tapestries to say like, she is fierce, she is fearless. I'm sitting, I'm in a denim jacket and like pants, hopefully. <laughs> and <laughs> Sarah DeGeorge, digital marketing specialist, sitting in front of a tapestry that says she is fierce, she is fearless, wearing a blue denim jacket and paint. So thinking in that nature, you wanted to actually describe the picture. You can't just use like keyword stuffing and try and throw in like, you know, a therapist in Philadelphia, ther <laughs> Philadelphia therapist and all of this stuff. It really should describe the photo because it's supposed to be helpful for any sort of, you know, individual who cannot easily read the page or and also again if the photo just doesn't load for whatever reason sometimes things happen technology is wonky mm -hmm. but um having alt text is a good way to help with your seo if you can throw in certain keywords or key phrases in the alt text for the photo that can still lead people to your website. So it could be your name, your industry, your location, and then describing the photo. But again, it has to really be authentic in that way. Cause it's like Google is smart enough now where it knows when you're just stuffing keywords just to kind of work the system. So you really have to do it in a way that truly describes the photo. But again, it's a missed opportunity that a lot of people don't think about because people have pictures on their website and they could be locations that you can add alt text to it. And depending on the platform you're using, it's usually like you can click on the photo. And then when you, I'm going to use WordPress, for example, I don't know if either of you will use WordPress. We, I use Squarespace, Squarespace. over here. Yeah. Wait, you use what Squarespace? Yeah. Okay. Okay. There's also, if you click on the photo, there's a place in which on Squarespace where you can add in the alt text for it. And awesome. also happy to share this with you afterwards, after, <laughs> you know, just as like one person to another, I can show you where it is. So don't have no fears. Sarah's here, but, um, <laughs> but the point being, is there are easy ways to add in the alt text when you upload photos on mm. most, um, platforms all platforms but some are easier to navigate than others so that's that would be my number one thing that people 
miss in terms of their SEO. Um, but the, yeah, I'll stop at that because again, I'm going to go down my own little rabbit hole and then you're going to be like, what? Like taking notes. <laughs> yeah, we won't be unhappy if that happens. Yeah. So we'll be fine with that. How do you incorporate you know, mental health awareness or just mental health in general in the work that you do with like holistic digital marketing? Of course. So should I throw it? I'm going to tell like a little bit of a personal story. It has to do, I'm going to say trigger warning breakdown. Um, if in case that's helpful, um, just for this upcoming story. So I've been an entrepreneur for over a decade and I think like any, any entrepreneur, you get into that um, experience of becoming a yes human, where you're taking on a lot of clients, you're doing a lot of work, you're working into, you know, you, it, there's a lot that takes uh, that it takes to build out, you know, your own business and everything. And sometimes you have to take on projects that might not be a good fit, not saying that the people weren't a good fit, just, you know, work styles are different, and everything like that. So fast forward a few years, um, into working in digital marketing, building out my business. It's around 2018. I'm, I had pushed myself to a point where I was like, this is unsustainable. Even though I know marketing best practices and everything, it's really hard to internalize it for your own business. It's easy to, you know, be like, oh, you're taking on too much. Maybe you should do this in your digital marketing. And so I unfortunately ended up in a very bad breakdown where I actually had to offload a lot of my client work. I had to take a step back. Um, I found my, my therapist that I still have to this day and she's wonderful. Um, it was just like a big, a big breakdown. I've, I've had them, you know, I I've always dealt with mental health issues, just runs in my family. Plus I'm just a very anxious person. Um, And this was just like such a huge breakdown where like I could, I had to live at my parents' house for a while because I couldn't be left alone. My significant other was like, I have to go to work, but like, what are you going to do today? What am I going to like, what state am I going to find you? And I was barely taking care of myself. So that's just like a quick and easy. This was like a process of months, just trying to claw Mm -hmm. out of this deep, dark hole. And so at the end, I was like, I really want to approach marketing from a standpoint in which nobody feels like they're going to run into that same form of overwhelm, which may lead to, you know, a breakdown like I had, because it wasn't just digital marketing. It was just life in general. And I always imagine stress or like how much you can take in terms of just like all of that as like a circle. And some people like the circle is more colored in than others. So they have like very much less of a space for the unexpected and for work and everything and just things to go completely haywire in their life. And so if I could make marketing more intentional for people instead of being like, let's just throw money out there and see where it goes. I don't really care if you're struggling to like pay the bills. Like we got to make this work. I want to work in a way where I'm like, what kind of schedule can you commit to? Because in marketing sustainability, which I obviously is like a part of my process is way more important than just like I'm going to, I'm going to post every day. I'm going to write a blog. I'm going to put Google ads out. I'm going to do all this. I'm going to be everywhere and anywhere 
but then three months from now, I'm going to burn out and disappear. And nobody's ever going to know that I was ever a thing instead of I'm going to do a little bit. I can commit to one writing one blog for SEO a month. I can post twice on Facebook because that's where my audience is every week. And that's where I kind of tie in my digital marketing strategy approach because a lot of people, it's just overwhelming. There's so many places you can be. And I want to be that reminder of one, if you're speaking to everybody, you're speaking to nobody in marketing, you need to know where they are and what they're looking for. And two, people are going to get into an accustomed to your schedule, not some best practices that you mm-hmm. read on a, on a, you know, marketing website that says you need to post at this time. If that time doesn't work for you, it's really, and you're never going to do it. It doesn't matter. And best practices are kind of like based on, you know, this, you know, they do, they take polls and they get information from any sort of analytical data. And it may not be the same for you. Maybe your audience isn't online at 2 PM on Tuesdays when they say you should post, maybe you got the late night crowd because of what you're talking about or what your business is. So it's really diving into how you can sustain your marketing plan and how it feels authentic to you. So you're not just pretending to be some other business that's in your same niche as well. Mm. That's doing better than you. I have, you know, I'm quoting in quotations because everybody has their own unique approach. So anyways, that's kind of like the condensed version of what happened to me and how I carry it over to the digital marketing approach that really is mindful of the business and also ties into why I stick with small to mid-sized businesses because we can really have those discussions. And even though I'm not a mental health practitioner, I can't offer anything of that nature, at least understanding their, their life in a way, they don't have to tell me their life story, but they can say like, I have to pick my kids up at daycare every day. And, you know, it's a little bit hard that at least knowing those things that can come into play when we suggest marketing strategies, even something as much as, well, if you really want to post during that time, have you ever thought about an automation platform like Hootsuite or Buffer so that you don't necessarily have to be live when you're posting, you could take a day that you're, you have some free time and just schedule out an entire month's worth of content and just kind of like let it go. So those are some components to how we are, how I work um, my digital marketing approach from a more mindful standpoint that does take in everybody's mental health and bandwidth and, you know, breaking points, if you will. It seems like this is another this is another piece of our culture that is, you know, very, I mean, easily, easy is a hard word, but easily solved by just taking, taking a moment and just making things a little less challenging and having different expectations and then having wild success with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People just doing really well with being given a little bit of room, not having the same, you know, few tenants that we can apply to, you know, every single company or every single person and understanding that everyone's experience is individualized. Um, and how, how much we can thrive within that. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, what a cool approach. Thank you for, thank you for offering that to your clients. Of course, of course. I I want to be something that like, or something, somebody, well, I guess something, who knows, who knows? My my dad would agree that I'm probably a thing and not a person, but that's just his own. (laughs) My uncle used to tell me that I was like, every, he's like, oh, it's the spaceship coming back to get you, Sarah. So it's like a running joke. I'm like, okay, maybe (laughs) I I don't know, but um, (laughs) 
<laughs> I want to be somebody that like I kind of needed in that moment. So yeah. somebody that is like a reassurance again in my staying in my lane of digital marketing, but being like, Hey, the analytics are showing that you're doing really well. Even if you don't feel like you're posting as much as whoever your direct competitor is or somebody that you idolize in your in your niche or whatever, you, it's just like, it's great to use people as frameworks for like, I really like they do here, but here is my unique approach. And I think that a lot of people also in digital marketing, they're with digital marketing, a lot of industries, I'm going to say they've become saturated, not in the terms because everybody is unique and offers something, but there are certain industries where a lot of people are just coming in and, you know, there, there's a, there's a lot of, you know, fear of like, well, can I make money in this space? Cause so many people in it are in it. And I'm like, well, what are you doing? That's unique. You know, what is it? It could be something like I give out a scholarship every year to students in my local, well, that's unique to you. Do you think that everybody is doing that? Is everybody, you know, thinking about giving back the way you are or you offer some sort of cool event every year. And it doesn't even need to be something as spectacular as like having a big, huge, you know, tricky tray thing that you do where you get a whole bunch of people in from the local, you know, neighborhood to, you know, buy things. Just think of something that's very unique to you that you're not seeing other people doing. And that's a great, you know, way to kind of make yourself stand out in, you know, your business, your niche, your locale, et cetera, in your marketing. This is also like, I feel like, the past couple interviews we've had, there's been a theme of like therapists really being themselves and kind of moving away from the traditional therapist of like, you know, nothing about me. I am a blank slate to like, we are whole human beings. And like part of, part of my practice is myself and like what Mm -hmm. I have to offer. And it's just, it is very empowering to be like, yeah, this is like, I do, you know, like, weird I do like run after dogs you know like that's okay you know and that's like part of me um not necessarily we have to talk about it in therapy but like maybe that's something I can like integrate into you know my bio or who I read anything like that because those are the things that make a difference I've used this example sometimes and it's just like it's such a little subtle thing but it makes it it made my decision clear. So, um, when I got my wisdom tooth out, obviously you get an oral surgeon for your wisdom teeth. And I had multiple people back in my hometown when I was like a teenager that I could have chosen same credentials, nothing really out of the ordinary, but the location I picked had a therapy dog. It was this cute little dog that you could come into the office with you if you were nervous about going under anesthesia and you could just pet the dog. And it's something so simple, but that's what made me, you know what I mean? It was just that one little thing that, and they made sure that on their website, you knew that there was going to be a dog there, you know, in case somebody had an allergy or anything like that. But for me, that was the factor. So just bringing in, it could be that you've run after dogs. It could be some sort of funny thing that, you know, you enjoy doing or a little bit of your personality, because when you think about even like the coffee shop that you go to, their marketing a lot of times isn't the coffee that they make or anything like that. It's like, do you make a connect? Like the coffee shops, I go back to the ones where I've become friends with the baristas because Mm -hmm. I enjoy their unique personality. I was 
literally in one of my barista's weddings as a bridesmaid because I have become so close to them and I have been coming back to their coffee shop year after year so like that point being is like they're not really marketing it's more of just natural you know conversation but it's those unique components about people or businesses or anything like that that really continues to drive their kind of people back to the, that location. And, you know, you always are looking for your people when it comes to your digital marketing and conveying yourself in a certain way so that they're like an immediate, I want to work with this person. I want to buy something from this business. I want to support this nonprofit, so on and so forth. So when did that click for you that that was the approach that you wanted to take with your clients? Cause it sounds very, it sounds like it's very, comes very natural. Has that always been the case? I think it was like buried deep down that that was what I wanted to do. But again, I fell victim to what a lot of people fall victim to even as well. Again, it's very easy for me to, you know, come up with marketing plans for, you know, somebody else, but for my own self, which led to like the burnout and breakdown, I was kind of almost suppressing this to be like the, the digital marketing specialist. I, you know, do this, I, you know, do what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm marketing my way in a way that I should be per the industry. But even as young, like I have my little diaries from when I was in school that we had to keep. And it was like, I wanted to be a psychologist. I wanted to be a social worker. I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to give back. And so I've always wanted to take things from a very conscientious approach to help people. I'm not just trying to sell things and make money. I really come from a, an approach that, probably that should have been my unique selling point from the beginning, but you know, it's really hard to step aside when it's your own business versus somebody else. So I think that it naturally was always there. I just, again, kind of suppressed it to be the, you know, especially in entrepreneurship and digital marketing, there's like the the business end where, you know, you're in your blazer and your nice pants and everything like that. But really I'm a person that cares and I just want to really meet you in my, my athleisure clothes so that we can really come up with, with a really good marketing campaign. And that's truly me. And I had somebody who was, who's become a really good friend over the years say at an event we were at, she's like, if I ever saw you dressed up, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think it was you. She's like, I need to see you in some sort of like comfy outfit that you somehow make fashionable in some weird way I was like okay that's good at least I have a brand now it's like casual Sarah and we're gonna come up with something that's really gonna move the needle without overwhelming you so I just really I think the more people I work with the more feedback I get whether it's constructive or whether it's praise or anything like that it helps me inch even closer to continuously be like authentic in terms of how I approach my marketing so that you know nobody feels like pressured or anything like that and they feel at ease and they you know know that we're coming from a mindful way in which that they can create their digital marketing strategy so it's just nice that over the years you know I I keep my little win sheet so that if I'm having imposter syndrome (laughs) I can remind myself like oh wait no I've done this before somebody really liked my work like maybe I'm not again I'm not for everybody I've had you know client potential client calls where it just was not a good mix and 
I didn't really feel appreciated on my end. Um, but I just have to remind myself that like, I have done this before and it is okay. And I think it's also fun just as an aside that like, I am also a small business owner. So working with small businesses, I'm like, Hey, I'm going through the same thing as you. I'm constantly learning as well. So hopefully that also puts people at ease as well. Even if this is my zone of zone of genius, if you will, whatever they do is their zone of genius and I'm learning from them. They're learning from me. We're growing together. That's what my accountant says, whatever I get on the phone with them, (laughs) (laughs) but she said yesterday, I, it's always like, Hey, listen, you know what you're doing. And when I say a bunch of things that you don't understand, just know that I know what I'm doing. I'm like, well, okay, cool. I I love that. I have no other option, but to trust you. And it, and it sounds like people, people like get, they get what they're putting out when they do put their trust in you. They're able to receive something that's like, like personalized and you're going to, you're going to invest your time if they're in a business that's similar to yours. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. can happen that way. Yeah, exactly. Cool. And I think it's just so much easier too when you just wake up and you can just come into a client call and just be yourself. I've had client calls where they're like, and we've had business, like business relationships where it's grown over the years. Like, all right, Sarah, 10 minutes, tell us about your cats. And I was like, okay, well, Freddie did this today and Bella mm-hmm. did that. Cause like, they're just like, they know I'm like the animal person. So at least I get a few minutes to just authentically be me and tell them about all the neighborhood cats I fed this morning and stuff like that, <laughs> or the dog that I inherently found as well. So like your story, I have found many a dog in Philadelphia. Fair- I live right next to Fairmount Park. So okay. they're everywhere, unfortunately. So I'll, I, I just, know. I would go out early morning, just like get them in the car. Come on, let's go. Let's go I know, I'll just have a whole car of dogs. Yeah. <laughs> be like Melissa McCarthy in um, <laughs> Bridesmaids, just with a whole bunch of dogs instead of a bunch of yellow lab puppies. <laughs> I have like a map in my head of my town's uh, cats that just because it's a little safer <laughs> here than the city to just have your cats roaming outside and just yeah. be outdoors. And I just know what cat I'm going to see when I go down like a specific alley and I know which ones are going to be hanging out by the, you know, like on the street. There was this one cat that was like so friendly and so uh, kind of in my face when I was petting it that it like jumped on my back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It was it was like one of the coolest things I've ever had an experience of um, that. It just kind of like jumped on me like a cartoon. And then it's just these cool interactions that we have with pets. I think that they are something to be appreciated. And Sarah, could you give the quote that you had said to us before we started (laughs) recording? Of course. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, obviously the back we were just talking about dogs and cats. And I said, I feel like we don't deserve dogs because they're so pure and loving and just like such great creatures. But I feel that like, we absolutely deserve cats because they just like keep us humble. They just remind us about how like we are there to basically serve them and like just keep us in our place. So I'm like, yeah, we definitely deserve cats. Like dogs are just like, so next level sweet but cats are just like mm-hmm. okay like I'm over it like bye you fed me all right I'm gonna go back to sleeping now can't wait to see mm-hmm. you in another eight hours when I need to be fed again <laughs> you're just like wow or when you're asleep 
or when, when you're I see, asleep. And I see your foot poking out under the blanket and I need to let you know that you're unsafe. So I bite you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Somehow mm-hmm. it's just like an aggressive form of love. My mm-hmm. cat, he'll like pat me, but if he has, if I haven't trimmed his nails down, you know, in like a few, couple of weeks, like all of a sudden I'm just like, why am I dreaming about Freddy Krueger? Like clawing <laughs> me and then I wake up and it's my Freddy scratching my face, even though he thinks he's just being gentle and like batting mm-hmm. my face. I'm like, nope, there's blood. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> yep, yep, that's the life. <laughs> yeah, I've taken care of, I, I also like, house sat and cat sat for a while and uh you know in college and and uh high school and I there was one cat who after a while just hated me because he knew that I meant his family was leaving and uh he would throw like he threw up on Christmas day once just like here let me look at you in the eye and throw up um (laughs) that sounds like a cat yeah Mm -hmm. for sure just like oh or like for, I, I have like hardwood floor I have two tiny carpets in my entire apartment and like they will throw up on the carpet and I'm just mm-hmm. like there's so much hardwood floor why must you do this to me and then they just like stare at me like ha huh, clean it up now I'm just like why oh and especially yeah. when it's at 4 a.m and you hear the telltale like wind up for like that vomit you're like no 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 somehow I can sleep through other things like oh did you hear the police siren or did you yeah, the explosions yeah. the explosion but like the moment you hear that you're like no and you're like, <laughs> immediately <laughs> now, that gagging noise is horrible and our heater it's baseboard and it actually makes a noise that sounds a lot like that like like yeah, revving up I'm not going to make it because I'll like actually get sick if I, yes. if we start That's making I didn't it. Do it either. I was like, oh no, I think this is going to gross people out. So. But sometimes I like hear it and I know it's in the next room and I'm like, listen, it's going to be there till seven. <laughs> and if y'all step in it, it's not my problem. You shouldn't have put it there. Exactly. <laughs> I'm certainly not going to get up now. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, love cats. <laughs> love cats. Too. I'm, I'm ambivalent. I can't touch cats. So, um, I can't. I don't know. I like seeing them. <laughs> that could be the answer. Yeah, I like seeing them. Ambivalent. And then, like, when I see the ones like in our neighborhood, I'm like, "Hey, kitty!" And they're like, "Oh, you're gonna pet me?" I'm like, "No, actually, I was just being nice. Sorry." And then they're like, "I was just letting me. you be in my space." Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're. I'm letting you exist. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> All right. So, so Sarah, what changes did you make after? like the struggles you were talking about in 2018 for your self-care, what did you have to change to make sure that that wasn't a space that you got to again? So it came down to a lot of my business practices, something as simple as like an email signature that tells you what hours I work. Um, Things as, you know, it doesn't have to be these extravagant changes. Also, realizing that not all money is good money. So really taking into account, like, okay, let me think about like the client calls or, you know, potential client screening calls that did not feel good. Like, you know, I do trust my intuition. I can definitely set aside when it's just like call, like the little, like pre-call scaries versus like, or, you know, post-call scaries or whatever versus like something that really didn't sit well. And I really took a, like an onus to like, 
what type, what types of clients do I want to work with? And what types of clients do I not want to work with? And it really came down to clients. Like there wasn't like a type of client or a type of person. It was just like people that really understand my boundaries. Cause some will really try to inch their way over, you know, whatever that line in the sand is with your boundaries. And then some really won't because they also have boundaries in place too. And that's super important to me. Also, if this helps an individual, I have split up my contracts into two, two parts. So instead of having everything written in a contract, I send my expectations page beforehand. And the expectations is just like our relationship expectations. Like I don't answer emails after a certain time. You get so many calls with me a month per our contract. This is how I operate. Nothing like, you know, very draconian where I'm like, I'm not available. Like I want to make myself available, but I also want to make sure that I'm coming through in a way where I'm bringing a hundred percent. But if there's, cause if there's unexpected phone calls, you're emailing me at 2 AM and like there's some animosity behind it. It's just not going to work. So I separate it. So you look at the expectations you sign off on that. And then that wording also then ends up in the contract, which includes the legalese and the stuff that, you know, covers my butt and everything like that. So there's no way that you don't know that this is kind of like my schedule and how we will operate together. So that was another way to kind of like keep my boundaries in check. Cause it was, I am a giving person. I know so many, so many people that are giving people like myself and I'm willing to help and do extra things. But I also know that that comes to a detriment in my life sometimes, because all of a sudden I'll be like, wow, how did I get here? Like, I just got, I just kept saying yes. And now I'm at a point where I can't, you know, I'm, I'm not functioning at my top, you know, capacity because I'm just doing too much. And I'm so that was basically what I needed to take ownership of was my own boundaries and how I, you know, do things, whether it's something, like I said, is whatever is like a contract or taking ownership of like how I want to operate and who I want to work with. So it's been a journey. Again, I'm still, still writing this journey. People slip through the cracks sometimes where I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. Um, but it, it, um, it's just, it's again, I take like, well, how could I have done things differently where maybe that person understood things better in terms of my expectations and maybe their expectations and how we, how we would meet in the middle and everything like that. But it's a learning curve as in any business, whether you're working in mental health, whether you're in digital marketing, whether you're, you know, an accountant, anything of that nature. Yeah. I'm thinking of, I've, I've noticed that my, my um, informed consent has so many personal rules that are based off of like things that have happened. And the more I add to it, the more comfortable I get and the less less likely people are to, I mean, this word is harsh, but to offend, like to Mm -hmm. to, like not be crossing those boundaries. And it's so nice putting them in place. And yeah, every now and then something happens and I'm like, Oh, you know what? I got to add it in there. And after that, it's, you know, on people for not really familiarizing themselves with it. And that's also something we can talk about in session, which is Chris for the therapy mill. I love it. Mm-hmm. So just like just an agreement with that. Yeah, I, I was thinking about how easy it is to, um, to like, 
be available 24 seven. I know there are certain therapy platforms that advertise Mm. that therapists are available 24 seven, um, which they're not because they sleep. So, um, but I feel like it's really easy to respond to emails like on a Saturday when it's like, wait, no Saturday. Exactly. And those are the little kind of like insidious things that you kind of like, again, going back to being an anxious person, like when I get (laughs) mail inbox, I really want to respond. But the moment I respond after hours on the weekend, then the person is like, oh, well, wait, she said that in the expectations, but she's going. So you have to almost like live out your expectations too. Mm -hmm. Even if it like drives me insane, because sometimes I'll see an email like, really have to respond to this but I'm like but do I so I really want to it's kind of like a checks and balances like I put this in place and then I really have to because people will no notice when you email after eight because then then they'll think like oh this is okay because she will respond after eight and it's like no that was like a one-time thing I was feeling weak in that moment Yeah, I I actually separated my personal email from my work email. It's like two separate things on my phone. So I can, and it's not on my homepage. So it doesn't show up every time I turn my phone on. So that way I can be like, yep, those are going to sit there until Monday. Um, Mm -hmm. Because like, it's so easy to like break that boundary. Like, oh, it's just an email. I can email. I'm just sitting here watching TV, but it's like, no, because then that creates like, it's like a slippery slope. Exactly. And it's kind of like, also, so for example, if like there was an email that you sent over the weekend, for example, with like the podcast, like that, I kind of have to also train my brain. I'm like, okay, well, this isn't really a work email. This is something like, this is filling my cup up. So like I can respond to this, but it's like, I need to always train my brain where I'm like, okay, don't go into some rapid fire email, like spree, because not every email is something that you're like, not looking forward to do, or, you know, not in that terms, but like, this is something that's like not work related. This is something that is, you know, I'm speaking with really cool individuals. So this is something that I can respond, respond to more timely than something where I need to push it off until the expected time in which I am available. Yeah. 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 I, well, I thank only... you for calling us cool. Thank you. Oh yeah. <laughs> You're cool. I'm having a good time. Like, honestly. <laughs> I only respond to therapist next door emails on like Tuesdays and Thursdays. I probably have broken that, but I try to, I try to keep it contained. Oh yeah. And absolutely. And you didn't actually send me anything on the weekend. I just oh, used okay. some examples. No, I, was, I wasn't like, saying like, like, what have I done lately? No, just using it as an example. <laughs> Yeah. I do like to, if that's brought up, if, if someone's feeling like bold and they're like, well, you responded to it this time, not this time. I'm like, yeah. And I am a person. I didn't put that in place because I'm never going to do it. I just put it in place, you know, out of protection. You know, there may be a time when I'm just going through and responding to emails. Doesn't mean that it's going to be happening every single time. So that that's also been helpful in pulling me out of that. Oh, I fucked up. You know, I slipped up here. But no, no, I'm just just today was a little different than other days. It's I been actually nice. have somebody, and this is interesting. And this kind of going back to their work. They're not in digital marketing, but they have something where it's like my my work schedule is different than your work schedule. So if you get an email from me, do not respond until your business hours because our, like, it was like, they were basically saying like, I work on the weekends. If you don't work on the weekends, the expectation is, is that you respond during your working hours. I thought that was actually like such a refreshing. That's great. 
like thing where it's like, yeah, because everybody does have different business hours depending on what they do, how they operate. Some people love working on the weekends because mm-hmm. it's just quiet time because other people aren't emailing. And so I thought that was really cool. Also, I was like, huh, that's like the opposite of saying when I work, it's like, Hey, this is when I work, but you can get back to me when you work. Like I'm like, huh, perfect. Thanks. So nice. Um, Are there any resources that you feel like people should know about? You've been dropping resources throughout that I've been taking notes of, but Mm -hmm. are there any other resources that you feel like everybody should know? Um, in terms of digital marketing or just in general, just in general, um, trying to think, I hope this is like, I hope this is something where I can come up with something in terms of resources. I would say if for digital marketing, just your best resource, and I'm going to say, and it's going to be kind of a non-answer is definitely Google. If you have a question, like Google will always answer your question. So don't be afraid to, you know, type in something. If you're like, I'm not sure how to do SEO, or I'm not quite clear about how to start an email marketing campaign. You'll get so many good ideas about like platforms you can use and everything like that. I know this is like the most 101 answer because everybody knows what Google is, but it's my resource. I think instead of saying it's a resource, it's a good reminder that if you need to look something up, it's okay if you don't have all the answers. So maybe instead of offering it as a resource, it's me saying that you're not going to know all the answers, especially in digital marketing, but utilizing any sort of search engine can get you this um, starting points and there should be no shame in it. I was like, this is such a 101 answer. I need to spin it in a way that like actually would help people. So, um, I've definitely encountered a lot of people that have been like, Oh, you know, I don't know how to do that. So I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so even, even like just saying like how simple a Google search is, is kind of like takes away that barrier that people can put up for themselves. So I, like, I love that. Yeah. yeah I there's love like that. a stigma sometimes about it where it's like, if I don't have the answer, then I'm, yeah, I'm just going to throw my hands up in the air and like, not like, I don't necessarily know how to do everything with my car, but I can look it up on Google and have a better idea. And there's honestly Mm -hmm. like a satisfaction in learning a new thing that you didn't know beforehand. And it doesn't have to be just the industry you work in. Be something as simple. I will go into the weirdest 4 a.m. like Wikipedia deep dives. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, I'm learning about the Ottoman Empire and all of these things. And I'm just like, where did I get here? But at least now I have this new, new thing to talk about over dinner with somebody if they're interested. So the point being is just like, there's no shame. Look it up. And Also, there's no shame in reaching out to your network if you are in need of something. I think that's the other thing. We don't want to reach out for help, but, you know, I have no problem saying like, I don't really understand this thing, whatever it is, or I need, uh, you know, somebody to help me with my, my, you know, the plumbing in my apartment. Like, who can you suggest? Like, those are utilize the resources super close to you and don't overthink about it, whether it's asking for help. Um, you know, reaching out, asking somebody for their own referral of somebody they love. All of this is super important. And it just starts with just being okay with not knowing and going from there. Yeah. Yeah. Like a recently a part just like fell out of our refrigerator, just like fell out into a cup. And um, 
we like we looked at the we looked at some YouTube videos and how to do it. We we're like, you know what? We can't do this. So we're going to call somebody mm-hmm. because like this is beyond there was like glue involved. Like I'm not no. if it doesn't just fit right back in. I'm not going to no. Exactly. And yeah. like that's where people, you know, such as yourself, people that are looking for a digital marketing specialist, like those are the realizations that then lead to I need more help than what I can provide myself. So I need to reach out to somebody who is able to help me work through this, to spell this out for me and everything like that. And I think that that's like such a important realization that you can't do everything going back to my breakdown as well. It's like, sometimes you need to outsource whatever it is, whether it's a part in your refrigerator, your digital marketing, um, the fact that you no longer can, you know, can just live with some sort of mental health situation that's going on and you need to speak to somebody. There's a level of like scariness that involves, that's involved with like letting go of all the control, but it also opens up a lot of time for you as well to, you know, focus on what it is you need to do to better your business, better your marketing, better your mental health, so on and so forth. I keep saying so on and so forth. So I'm sorry. It's like the <laughs> phrase that I'm attached to today. I feel like I always like end up with some phrase where I'm just like, why do I keep saying that? Mm-hmm. Feels comfy. I get oh, it. I like I'm it. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any questions for us? Um, I would say like, hmm. I want to give you something like a cool question, but... Okay. What's your favorite food? I'm kind of curious. I'm hungry right now. So <laughs> this is something that's not like a question regarding anything. Um, Sarah, do you want to go first? Mm. or uh, I could say what my favorite food during the mornings is like a breakfast sandwich, like on yes. a bagel or on a croissant. Like give me a breakfast sandwich. Um, I think that's something that we... Uh, our culture does really well as breakfast sandwiches. Oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> we do. It is on the, the small list of things we do really well. Yeah. <laughs> Joanna, what about you? <laughs> um, I because my cravings are all over the place. I feel like I have finally settled on what my favorite food is, and it's like the food that I would like have a bre- have a breakdown over if someone took it from me. Um, and it's anything chocolate peanut butter. Mm. Oh yeah, yes, mm-hmm. I agree. Chocolate peanut butter is important. I was actually having that discussion with my significant other. I was like, whoever created this taste combination is my hero. So yeah, that's definitely, I wanted to just ask that question because I'm thinking about food as you know, the day goes on, but I would say um, more targeted to this conversation, like as people in like the mental health profession, like, what do you think? And it could be your own experience just for, you know, the the sake of connecting the two. Um, What do you think is like the part in which a lot of people, you know, especially like if you're creating your own business are overwhelmed with the most in digital marketing? I'm just curious from my standpoint. Yeah, I think it's always just there's everyone's afraid of not getting clients um, Mm -hmm. and that will just keep them from starting in the first place. And I mean, that's the only thing that's going to keep them afloat. That's what brings in the income. Yeah. People are very fearful that they're not going to have enough clients. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I think that's like internalized a little bit by maybe 
more exploitative like bosses that they've had that have made them feel like, hey, listen, we do you a big favor by giving you clients and bringing you these things. And then therapists like, you know, myself and Joanna are like, oh, well, am I going to be able to do it? Yeah, you, you can big time. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I was just always like, you know, depending because it's interesting because again, each industry has their own kind of like, I don't want to say like, not traumas, but like things that before Mm -hmm. they have gone on to work for themselves that they've internalized. Same thing with myself as to like, oh, digital marketing. Well, if you don't do things a certain way and you know why I, you know, was doing things in the more you know, without using my unique selling proposition or the unique part of who I am that was Mm -hmm. actually going to drive clients, why I held back so much, because there's so much that you carry from being in the industry before you go off on your own. So I think that that's an interesting standpoint, you know, speaking with you both and coming up with, you know, what the scariest part about that is. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I mean, our economic structure is that really thrives also off of like the new people and the young people and the naive people not making a lot of money and not really doing well so that everyone else can make a lot of money and do really well. So, of yeah. course. Of course. We're all in that. Yeah. <laughs> all um, right. Well, are we ready for our last question? Yes. Okay. Would you guys prefer? So, this is a would you rather about the would you rather questions would you rather have a question that's definitely geared towards teenagers teenagers or one that is not are you asking i'm asking before the i have two question cards here (gasps) okay this is it this Um, is a would you rather first the teenager one okay yeah teenager sounds interesting just because I'm like oh my interest is peaked and I want to be teenage Sarah again okay (laughs) um so would you rather have a date with any person anytime you want or know the answers to every test question uh kind of unrelated thing but that's interesting yeah because you're like one will really help in this aspect and I guess I don't know, because now if I'm thinking about personally, not the people I dated, they're all, you know, wonderful people, whether it worked out or not in high school, but everybody that I thought I wanted to date, but didn't end up like dating, it was a bad idea. So I'm like, Ooh, like if I had that ability, that probably wouldn't have worked in my favor. So maybe the answer is all the test questions just because hopefully that skill set carries over to other things so I can just retain memory better I don't know but yeah if I'm thinking about the people that I specifically had crushes on I probably would have <laughs> wouldn't have wanted that access yeah teenagers idealize a lot I get that <laughs> yeah. so I'm gonna presume that this is talking about adulthood and I went all the answers to all the questions to every test I'm ever gonna have to take again for licensure purposes and for, um, I mean, I don't know when else I'd have to take a test. You just like take the bar exam if you wanted, right? But yeah, I just want to like take tests so I can like get get extra letters behind my name so I can like, you know, make more money. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that's fair. If you want to carry it over, yeah. then, I would say yeah. that that would be a better that would be a better option to carry mm-hmm. over into adulthood because yes. like, I've been, I've been yeah. dating the same human for 
10 years at this point. So mm-hmm. I'm not going on any dates or anything except for with, with them. So, yeah. So yeah. yeah I, 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 ask questions. Yeah. I think, I think about you? Uh, high school Joanna and current Joanna would pick test questions because I wasn't much into dating in high school. And uh, I was into doing the least amount of work for the most amount of grades. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Important, honestly, again, working smarter, not harder, if I may use the cliche. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I wasn't really like I had my little, my little boyfriends, but it wasn't really a huge date, dating per. I had my friends would always have like new boyfriends, and I would just mm-hmm. be like, oh, that sounds really stressful. Well, that doesn't <laughs> sound like the life I want. I don't want to have to learn like so much about somebody. So <laughs> yeah, it is a lot, totally. Yeah. Nice. Good question, Joanna. Thank you for that one. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I didn't come up with it, but um, yeah. Well, it's the first one that I've been able to answer. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm just naturally a little difficult, hard to please, but that's fine. (laughs) All good. Uh, Well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. What a cool area of just marketing in general that I had no idea about. And I'm so happy to have learned about it. And just again, thank you for the work that you do for small business owners. I mean, we need the love. So just um, thank I you for everything. Love, I got all the love to give. So I appreciate yeah. it. Thank, thank you. you for having me. And this was such a great conversation. Yeah. Story. heck yeah. <laughs> where can we find you on social media, websites, all that kind of stuff, our listeners and ourselves, where can we find yeah. you? So my website is just sardgeorge.com. That's where I have like my blog and like what I do and everything like that. Um, I'm also on Instagram at, at sardgeorge. And then I'm trying to think of where else I am. And then my, my email address is sardgeorge at gmail.com. So I kept it very consistent so that nobody mm-hmm. gets confused but those are the three ways that you can find me and learn more about me and I'm happy to answer digital marketing questions that anybody you know may have beautiful well again thank right, you so yeah. much of course wonderful Sarah again thank you and we will we'll talk soon have a wonderful rest of your day Thank you for listening to the show. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. You can check us out on Instagram at TNDPod or Twitter, TNDPod1, one as in number one, or visit our website at TNDPodcast.com. Check out our Patreon. I, yeah, sorry. Um, it's patreon.com slash TND podcast. There's some cool stuff. You can vote on what topics we talk about for our bonus episodes. Um, we had a vote the last time and it ended up being like a pretty juicy, juicy topic for us to juicy and delicious. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll like put that out there. Um, yeah as a teaser, but that's patreon.com slash TND podcast. If you'd like to email us, um, know that I only respond to TND emails on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but you can email us at uh, therapistsnextdoor at gmail.com. That's therapist plural at gmail.com. Sarah, do you have anything to plug? Yes. 
catch me on teletherapy underscore Sarah. Nope. Teletherapy with Sarah on Instagram. Um, also website is teletherapy with Sarah.com bi-weekly i'm landing on bi-weekly bi-weekly blog posts for the exploited therapists and professional millennials from working class backgrounds on how to live and prosper and to give capitalism the middle finger and yeah, yeah. that's it i think you just wrote a pretty kick-ass blog post if i'm if oh, i'm not mistaken yeah. But yeah thank you yeah 12 12 signs that you work in an exploitative group practice it it has been very scary for me in the following days, but very cool. So yeah, check it's that awesome. out. Check it out. Check it out. Thank you. Thank you. You can find me at orianatherapy.com. Yeah. At this moment, I'm still taking new clients, but that window is going to close soon because I will be ushering a new life into this world. So uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a weird way to say it. What a wonderful way to say it. So until <laughs> next time. <laughs> We are your therapists. therapists. Oh my God. Next door. door. I was like, I'm going to wait as long as they're away. (laughs) Going to wait. Oh, good. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you.